Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, Executive Editor of Recode. And I'm Lauren Good, Senior Technology Editor at The Verge. And you're listening to Too Embarrassed to Ask, coming to you from the Vox Media Podcast Network. This is a show where we answer all of your embarrassing questions about consumer tech. Kara, I think that was a little low energy. Did you? I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know. I think you've been slipping in recent weeks. No, I'm on the Whole30 diet. I really want a cookie. That's what's going on. You just need a burger. Once you have a burger, you're going to be like, I can have a burger. I'm so sick of meat. I got the meat sweats. Anyway, the Vox Media Podcast Network. Good job. But you can ask us any question. You could ask something like... When's Kara going to have a burger? No. <laughs> have a burger. I can't have a cookie. <laughs> you, you could ask questions like, will any company be able to make smart glasses look cool? No. <laughs> How can I use apps to be more productive? You can't. Do meditation apps work? No. Well, we had uh, yes. Rich Pearson from Headspace yes, on. No, if I used it, yes, it would work. Yeah. See, maybe you need more meditation apps. Will sexism in tech ever change? See, that's why I need a meditation app. Mm, no. That's a topic we addressed last nay. week with Joelle Emerson and Ninian Wang, and I it was an excellent nay. episode, so I recommend you go check it out. Yeah. So send us your questions. We really do read them all. Find us on Twitter or tweet them to at Recoder myself or to Lauren with the hashtag too embarrassed. We also we, have an email address. We do. It's too embarrassed at recode.net and a friendly reminder that embarrassed has two R's and two S's. And if you forget that, then Kara's going to bite your head off because she's literally starving. All right. And also, you can you can forget that if you work at the White House because they're always misspelling things over there. Anyway, how you doing? I'm good. The White House, man. What about what the White House? Are you going to go take Mooch's job? I offered it to him. I offered him the Uber job. I'm offering it to I know a couple of people in the Trump administration. I keep sending them notes saying the Uber job is free. It's a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Enron's not available, but Uber <laughs> No, is. but really, I've gotten like four responses, and they're all like, oh, my God, it's probably easier at Uber than here. And they're like, they're sending it all on like secret tele- whatever, <laughs> telephone or telegram to me. But literally, all the people I know in the Trump administration are like, eh, that might work out better. <laughs> like... <laughs> I'm like, it only has lawsuits, a crazy founder, sexism, sexual harassment, a crazy board, Ariana Huffington. They're like, sign me up after this week in the White your Ariana voice. We what? should just get it out of the way yes. now because you have to do it on every podcast. Hello. How are you? I, I talk. I talk with Ariana. Oh, Cara, these articles are so harsh on us, you know? Get over it. She's having no time of her life, I think. Like, and you recently interviewed Francis Fry, who came from Harvard Business School yes. and is now their VP of Strategy and Operations. Yes. And she's she was an excellent interview, and she that was. is available also as a podcast now. It it's is available indeed. audio. We only. did it uh, uh, live on the Erickson campus. She she held firm. Boy, did I try. To she get had so many data points from the case studies that yes, she, of course, has you know studied and led it's and everything. To, and it's like it's hard to argue with an academic. I got to tell you, very academic. She was like, it's it's. I'm trying to show people that it's pebbles, not boulders, in their way. And I'm like, it's reinforced concrete over there. It, Uber HQ. <laughs> By the way, this weekend I was out in Oakland, which where Uber was supposed to go. Now they're making bringing a much smaller group of people to that that building there. It's quite a lovely area. I like Oakland a lot. They're not going there though, because they can't figure anything out until they have a new CEO. Oh really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. There you have it. There you have it. So Scaramucci and Uber. That really was my <laughs> week. <laughs> right. Well, let's get to the topic at hand. Yes. For those of you who sent your questions in this week and you're like, you know, I just want to know what to do about my damn Wi-Fi router. Yeah. We're yes. getting to the point now. Today, we're taking on a topic that affects almost everyone who uses the yes. internet, and that's Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. And we are joined in studio by the chief executive officer of a company called Eero, which you may have heard of. Yes. Name my family Weaver. has a dozen of them, I think. Megan put them all through whatever giant house she bought in D.C. So Nick Weaver is here in studio 
studio to join us. Nick, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. So Eero is one of several companies that makes uh, what's known as a mesh router system. And that's basically just a fancy way of saying that you have a bunch of these <laughs> internet boxes that mm -hmm. might make it easier to get reliable Wi-Fi throughout your entire house. And we're going to talk about who these routers are for and yeah. what else is in the market that you should pay attention to and just generally how they work. Yeah, people love Eero. Megan loves Eero. I just say, like a lot of people, that was recommended by another geek who were recommending by none and so on. It's like you're too young to remember the well like of Balsam. Another geek. Yeah, another geek and so on and so on and so on. <laughs> and like they all, all the geeks love it. I'll tell you, it's really interesting. And actually works rather well. Uh, she's got a big house with a lot of brick around it. And it's she's mesh network, the whole dang thing. That's awesome. Yeah, anyway. And The Verge actually gave your latest generation of Eero a positive review. Yes, so if you're interested in reading more after this podcast, after this podcast, yes. uh, go to theverge.com. Let's uh, let's start with talking about what it does and what these all do. Like, talk, I want you to talk about your competitors and others, but why is it different and why is it innovative compared to the old, you know, the, you have the Comcast comes, they stick the router box in, and usually you have sometimes good Wi-Fi, sometimes bad Wi-Fi. Yeah, so when you look at the just the internet speeds coming into our home, mm -hmm. uh, over the last few years, they've gone up dramatically. So think back five years ago, you'd have five or 10 megabits a second mm -hmm. of speed coming into your house. If you put one router in the corner of your home and you broadcast on kind of the older Wi-Fi technology, so to use kind of the terminology 802.11n, mm -hmm. um, G before that, that all runs on something called 2.4 gigahertz. So that's so, that thing you have, that pylon you have in your house, right? That thing. That, exactly, that box that box. just comes in. Mm -hmm. right. So that runs on 2.4 gigahertz. Those waves get through homes and walls really well, um, but not at super fast speeds. So when the speed coming into our homes was 5 or 10 megabits a second, you could put that one box there. It slows it down. And you could get it everywhere. Mm -hmm. But now as speeds are 50, 100, mm -hmm. 500 megabits a second, and we're using just a ton more internet in our homes, um, what you end up having to do is have more than one box providing internet connectivity to all the different devices. So that's what's happened in, say, like corporate campuses, college campuses, just enterprises in general. And they're usually all wired up. It's super complicated. You need a network engineer to set it up. So when we were starting the company, we said, look, we want to have the same thing, but for people's homes. The problem is people aren't network engineers, and there isn't all that wiring to connect all the things. So what we ended up doing was we made the cloud and a mobile app. So our cloud sets up and configures everything. The mobile app makes it really easy to just tap a couple buttons and have it work. And then we also built some mesh technology so the devices can talk to each other without having to rely on a bunch of cables um, throughout your home. So so you're you're an extender, really. I mean, I, I, we had Steve Jobs at one of our All Things D conference where, you, where the I still have that in my house. The, what's it called? The, thing? the airport? Airport, right. That he, not the airport. He had another thing. The Airport Express? Express, right. The small one. Um, that, was, that was the concept as you put it and extend it, essentially. So can you talk about how it's different? But you still do plug in to the cable box that you get from Comcast, correct? Yeah, so you have to have the internet. Or whatever, yeah, Comcast you, here. You have to have an internet connection. So mm -hmm. you can have a cable connection from Comcast. You can have DSL from AT&T or any other provider. Mm -hmm. And... For some connections like cable, you can get a standalone just modem and plug our stuff in. But a lot of people have that like combo modem router box. Mm -hmm. um, you plug our first unit in that starts your Eero network. And then for other mm -hmm. um, Eros around the home, you can plug them into Ethernet. If you have Ethernet jacks, if you don't, you just plug it into power um, and things get up and running. They, now, they talk to each other. Exactly. Now, what we do differently is we've got... 
um, two radios on one of our products. We have three radios on another one. And what we've done is we've made it really fast for data to flow through the devices. So you don't have the speed hit you would have had normally with a range extender or say that Apple Airport Express that Mm -hmm. only has one radio. And you're right. supporting different bands. Like you mentioned earlier, um, 2.4 gigahertz was the standard for a long time. Now it's 5 gigahertz, right? And it, you're su- basically anyone who gets a newer router these days, they're going to have support of both of those bands. Exactly. So what we do with our product is we give you one network. It's got access on 2.4. It's got access on 5. On our new Gen 2 Eros, it actually has two 5 gigahertz networks. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does that all under one network name. So you don't have to like constantly switch yeah, and go to like, five and you know, mm-hmm. Wi-Fi 2.4, Wi-Fi 5. I don't even mm-hmm. understand. Um, you like... just have one network name. You set the network to whatever you want it to be. Could be, you know, too embarrassed Wi-Fi and, mm-hmm. uh, and that'll work seamlessly throughout your oh, home. I like this. What would their password be? Kara. Kara. <laughs> one, two, three, four. <laughs> one, two, three, four. Kara. So, so, but what you're doing is Kara kind of brilliant Wi-Fi. because you're like, you're also effectively, you know, telling customers that they should buy more than one of these things. Exactly. Uh, unlike so like a router Sonos. that you Sonos would get. Right, things. like Sonos. Um, but it's kind of like, you know, people don't upgrade their routers that often. So yeah, you ju- and usually you just take what you get from Comcast. Right, right. And sometimes you're paying a monthly fee for it yeah. um, as opposed to like getting a box outright. But you don't need that correct the box from Comcast then? You're going to need to have a modem. You could mm-hmm. go buy a modem, a cable modem on Amazon for, mm-hmm. you know, 50 or 100 bucks so you don't have that rental fee. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you plug your Eero into it and you're good to go. I see. So you need something there that... You have to have an incoming pipe. Typically, that incoming connection terminates at a modem, whether it's a DSL modem or a cable modem or even a, like, fiber access point. But you don't, you can't just have them plug into an Eero and then go... You need Ethernet. So Ethernet, you need yeah. a modem to then plug into right. the Ethernet port mm-hmm. on Eero. But how many of your customers buy a bundle of Eros? I mean, it, I would imagine that's the market you're addressing. Right? So you're getting people to buy more than one. 90% of our customers have three Eros in their home. And um, why that? Well, explain. Let's, do, let's act like we're dumb people just getting these things. So I just had a new cable box sent to me because something was wrong with their, and it's real ugly. It's ugly as the other one. I plugged it into, the, I did it myself. I plugged it into the into the wall where the cable comes in. I happen to have a weird Ethernet that I don't even understand that was put in years ago. Yep. Um, somehow that's all plugged into things. And then it just broadcasts. And it was actually a very easy setup this time for Comcast. It was on an app, and then it just, I renamed it. I didn't have that long, ridiculous name that they all have, and I was able to set a password pretty easily. Kara1234. Kara1234, no, that is not the password. <laughs> I forgot the password. Anyway, so then you plug it right there, the Eero there, with it. Exactly. Right. And then you move and put them all around. Why don't cable companies do this also? Great question. I, you know, I think we're going to start seeing the market move more in that direction. Mm-hmm. The difference, though, between one of those like fully integrated combo boxes and what we're doing is it's a, it's a totally integrated system. So you have to build a mobile app, you have to have a cloud, you have to have hardware, um, you have to build that hardware from scratch. It's a, it's a really challenging engineering product and design. Um, just it's hard to pull off. And yeah. so- um, They have you know, a lot of money. That's their business. But it's also what's your focus, right? Is your focus <laughs> delivering a great network or is your focus delivering a great you know, user experience, a great product? Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we've found, we have a number of partners um, that have started to you know buy Euro systems and use that instead of having those combo boxes. Mm-hmm. And what they're seeing is happier customers, less calls to their support center, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and and people just love the experience. So but you don't necessarily need. I mean, if you're if you're in a one or two bedroom apartment, 
you don't necessarily need that kind of range. I mean, this is really, it for sounds homes. like it's for people like Dan Seifert, who reviewed this for us for The Verge, noted that he has a multi-story house. And um, I think he has like some pretty thick walls yep. and things like that. So his Wi-Fi is compromised in certain areas. But for like a lot of like people, and I would think in some ways, like some of your core audience to your core customer base, like they don't necessarily need multiple Eros, right? You'd be surprised. So with... You know, obviously, if you've got a bigger home, you're going to need internet everywhere. You're going to need a lot of units to make sure that happens. Um, When you get into a a city environment, it's pretty interesting. You can go stand next to your router, run a speed test, go to your bedroom, go to your kitchen, go to a few places. And what you'll see is just the speed drop off dramatically. And the reason Mm -hmm. that is, is frequently you're in old construction with lots of brick and stucco. And second is there's just a ton of interference because there's so many people stacked up on each other. So Wi-Fi with their own systems, correct? Exactly. So what we found is our the, the median Eero home is 1,700 square feet. So we're not mm. talking huge homes, but a lot of people with, you know, a one-bedroom, two-bedroom apartment have two units, and it's so they can watch Netflix um, in their bedroom, or um, they can, you know, work on their laptop in the kitchen. Um, that we, we, we see that a lot. So just run that test, um, and then you don't need a huge system. You can start with an Eero, maybe plug in one of our beacons, which is one of the units that just plugs right into the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for example, I'm in a two-bedroom apartment. I've got three Eros. It's just because there's a lot of interference everywhere. So we're going to get your competitors. But what has happened with people and using the internet, just broadly, not just with your company, in terms of needing this much? Before used it well before you're too, again too young. But we did the regular modems, and then we did this, and then it was pretty much slow internet around the homes. Can you talk a little bit about what's happened and what requires this much bandwidth uh, ability? Well, so the the, the biggest uh, driver of all this is just watch the Netflix earnings. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are cutting the cord faster than anyone ever anticipated, and now what's happened is they're 100 percent reliant on great internet connectivity everywhere. Um, the moment you kind of get between uh, the average American and their television, um, that's when they're really motivated to uh, go fix a problem. And that's just Donald Trump, but go ahead. Sorry, <laughs> and, you walked right into it. <laughs> and, and so w- with people cutting the cord, um, that's what's driving a lot of folks to go upgrade their connectivity. It's that plus look at what's happening with um, you know streaming music. Spotify now has, what, 60 million subscribers. So every piece of content we consume. And internet-connected devices. And you've got you know, Nest Cams and Ring doorbells and Sonos speakers. Just devices are connecting everywhere. So mm-hmm. we finally hit that inflection point where people want to have something that just works and um, they're willing to pay um, for you know, a much higher quality experience. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about your competitors. Google? Let's talk about Google. Yeah, Google. Who do you consider to be your biggest competitor? So Google has Google Wi-Fi, which has also gotten some pretty positive reviews. Um, It's similar in what it does and how it works and also comes in a bundle. But you're also sort of, uh, I guess, battling in some ways some of the legacy router makers as well. There's tons of them. Who's the biggest? Yeah, I mean, like, who do you consider your biggest competitor? Honestly, the, the biggest competitor is just people on learning about the category and that they can fix this problem. Like the issue with range extenders was so many people tried them for so long and they failed. And, and so they just assume that, hey, the internet's not going to work and that's just what life is like. So, But of the people who, who know what a mesh network yes, is and, like they're, and, they're, and they're looking and they're, and they're considering buying one of these because they know the value of it. You know, because we talk to all kinds of companies and we'll say, what's your biggest challenge? And they'll say, it's people don't know us about, about us yet. Okay, so they know about you now. What is Who's your biggest competitor? What we found is, um, you know, the market just continues to grow um, quite a bit. 
Um, there's there's good products from from other companies. Um, what we've been, you know, what we've been focused on is first like having this kind of open ecosystem. Like uh, if you look at our customers' homes, there's not a single. Um, home that's all Apple devices, all Amazon devices, or all Google devices. So we spend a lot of time and effort making sure we play nice with all the top devices in the, you know, in the home. Mm-hmm. So that's been one one big focus. And then you know the other big thing is we're we're early, um, relatively early in the history of the company, and we're just starting to ramp up distribution. You did. You also did cut the price. I mean, there's obviously more and more competition from, especially, and you'd imagine Amazon might try, or, or Apple, I suppose, would try again in those areas because you're going to see some big competitors in that area they, they could um yeah. you know our, our, our we continue to like where people keep coming back to us it's a we work with more devices more seamlessly and so we we pour a lot of effort into like interoperability um yeah. every euro that's connected um ends up spitting out data um to help us understand you know how do how are iPhones performing? How are Sonos speakers performing? How is Alexa performing? And we use that aggregated data to keep improving our software. Yeah, so I, we, I say one of the biggest things is that you don't want Google messing around your home. Honestly, I, yeah. half of my decisions are made like that, and now I don't want as much Amazon in there because I buy everything now because I'm at Whole Foods. It's fascinating, but part of it is that idea as an independent. Like you don't want those two or three companies to really dominate every single data interaction you have, which is a plus for you guys, presumably. Well, and, and our business model is to sell you a premium product, and, and that's our business. That's what um, I mean. We don't, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, we don't have an advertising business. We don't have an e-commerce business. Um, we're here to sell really great product. Well, you have 50% of the mesh router, is this according to The Verge, piece in The Verge, you have 50%. Is, uh, according to MPD, MPD data that came out earlier this year, that of the mesh router networks, Euro has 50%. Has that changed? Since then, I think that was. I, I don't have the I don't have the latest numbers. Mm-hmm. The the latest stat we learned was when you look at the market compared to a year ago, it's grown 11x. So uh, you know, with our, especially with our new products, like our number one focus has been how do we just build more of them. How concerned do people have to be about privacy in their routers? Yeah, that's and people ask us that a lot at the Verge. Like, what router or plugin or something should I use? Maybe people talk to me about like using a Raspberry Pi to build sort of their own, you know, connected yeah. thing to basically block. You ads. look relatively harmless, but uh, we know Google isn't. Yeah, I mean, how, you know, Amazon and <laughs> I, Apple's I, relatively harmless compared to. It seems as though some router makers are starting to build antivirus and anti-malware software directly into the router themselves rather than waiting for users to install it on their end devices. But like, how concerned do people actually have to be about spying across Wi-Fi networks? And not just spying, but also data 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 taking. There's data collection and then there's spying too. Yeah, so let's break it up. There's privacy and then there's the security of the device. Mm -hmm. So um, when I look at kind of like security of devices in the home, the... One of the single biggest things you should look at it for a company or a product line is how many products are there. So if, you, say, you, you've got 40 different types of routers you're selling, it's nearly impossible to write really good s- software across all 40 of those products. I mean, there's a reason why Apple's model is Apple's model, where they focus on a few products. It's because the software effort required to make sure things are always up to date, always secure, performing really well is is massive. And so you want to do that for just the smallest subset of product possible. Um, so, so that's the kind of first thing is look at how big a portfolio is and go with a player that's really focused on one, two, maybe three models um, because that allows you to continue to upgrade the software for the product. So 
you know, for us, we upgrade our software every two to six weeks um, and keep reacting. So whether or not there's like an issue like Heartbleed, which we saw a couple of years ago, or a new vulnerability found in Linux, or, you know, recently there was issues with um, Broadcom Wi-Fi chips in Android and iPhones, you want to make sure that the company you're buying from has the capacity to go react to those problems in the market. Um, and then the second piece is, you know, what's the business model? And are, are they trying to use the, you know, the product in your home to collect more data? Mm-hmm. I think we saw this with Vizio, where it was like capturing what people were watching and reselling mm-hmm. it. You just got to be really clear with, um, you know, with your customers as to what your business model is. So yours mm-hmm. is selling the Eros. So we sell you a premium product. And then um, recently, we also announced a new service called Euro Plus. Mm-hmm. So it's a subscription when, service. Exactly. So when you look at every single device in the home, like you can't put you know antivirus on a Nest thermostat or on a Sonos speaker. Um, the only way to really protect your digital home is at the network where everything connects into it. So we have enterprise grade anti malware, antivirus, uh, parental controls with content filtering, botnet detection. All that stuff runs at the network layer, and we're constantly monitoring to make sure that um, you know people's homes are secure. So they can't go and attack different devices, turn on, turn off things, spy with them, turn on televisions. That's uh, that's a big part that's of the it. Pl- that's that's the goal of that. Getting back just to the idea of of business models, when you are competing with people who are using the data for other things, that makes it harder for you all because they don't really care. You know what I mean? I can't imagine. I think Amazon's probably in the prime business for other reasons than providing us a delightful house of cards or something like that. What is the challenge like that as an entrepreneur? Because there's so many companies like yours who you create, come up with like, um, just thinking just Box or Dropbox or something like that, come up with great ideas, and then the bigger companies co-opt them essentially, for and then they use them for other purposes. And I'm going to leave Apple out of this because their business is in advertising. It's just products, essentially. As an entrepreneur, how do you compete with that? How difficult is that? You have to have like just a relentless focus on product quality, and it's like the whole product experience. So if you're offering that product as a like check the box and we're going to add it to this massive portfolio that we already have, like that's what you're competing against. And so you know what we do on the other end is you know, we're 100% committed and focused to the products that we deliver. Like that is our business. We don't have another business. Um, We've really invested in support. So say you buy an Eero system and you want help configuring that Comcast box and making sure everything really works. um, We've got teams to do that. And so, you know, my, my point of view is, you know, just stay, stay focused on, on the product you're delivering. And uh, at, you know, at the end of the day, you time, you're really kind of competing over as long of a time window as you can. And, mm-hmm. and so what you're trying to do is just keep delivering a great experience over as long of a you know, window as you possibly can. That's how you create trust with customers. And that's how you make sure you get repeat sales. You're able to grow your portfolio. And, and at the end of the day, what you're trying to do is build a, a brand and one that people trust. Mm-hmm. We have a bunch of reader questions that we want to get to, but do. I do have one question I want to ask, like just for a, a takeaway for people who are listening. If they're having problems right now with their Wi-Fi at home mm-hmm. and they suspect it might be their router, aside from maybe their ISP just slowing down speeds or doing something terrible despite paying like $140 a month or whatever they're doing. Not that I know from personal experience, but <laughs> if they're having problems at home, what are the steps you would say, to check you know, it. just say buy an arrow, but like what are the steps you would say people should take right now to improve that situation? So if you have a yeah. if you have a two to three year old router, you you should be in the market to replace it. 
So that that's an easy first step. Meaning what you get from the cable company typically, right? If, if the box that's providing the internet to yeah. your home is two to three years old, you probably should replace it. All right. If you've never updated the software on your router, you should replace it. And do cable companies that where most people get their, most people use a cable connection, do they do that for you typically? Or it not? depends. Right. So some of the newer ones do, a lot of the older generation ones do not. Okay. Um, and, the, and it also depends on who your, your, your internet provider is. Mm-hmm. And then the, if, if those answers are yes, then you should go do your research and, and, and go buy a solution. Um, if, if you, you want to do more research, what you could do is um, download a free speed test app. Mm-hmm. Stand, like Ookla or something. Yes, yeah, speedtest.net um, is a great one. Stand next to your router, run a speed test. Then go to three or four other locations in your home. If you're seeing your speeds drop dramatically, then you probably want a Wi-Fi system because it'll make sure you've got coverage everywhere. Um, th- those are the steps I would take. And and then when you're when you're out in the market, the things you want you want first and foremost something that's going to automatically um, update itself. Um, the last thing you want to do is think about how are you going to keep your your network secure. Um, and then this the second is. Think about you know what types of devices you want to connect, and you know if you want to stream video, definitely go with a you know higher end system because you're going to get better you know better coverage everywhere. And then the, then your devices connect to the Eero system, not to whatever your network is, correct? Exactly. The new one you create on top of that—that's what people have to be aware of because they'll be your old one, and then your new. And you got to switch them over. Switch them. Al- alternatively, if you want to avoid paying that modem rental fee from mm-hmm. your cable company, mm-hmm. um, you can go buy a cable modem. Um, yeah. They're like fifty to a hundred dollars. So you're can basically you give, a, give me a few. Give us a few. There's the SB sixty one ninety. I think is the one I have at my house. Wow, that's a really um, exciting name. Uh, it, it really is. Name? <laughs> from who? I believe it's from uh, Eris. Yeah. Um, they bought Surfboard, which previously huh. I believe was a Motorola company. Huh. Uh, you know, you could buy buy a modem like that. It's like a hundred bucks. So you break even in six months. Right. Um, you put that box in, and then you can plug in an Eero or whatever route, other router you want. Right. Okay. There we go. Oh, but right. the real answer is just go buy an Eero. And, and then <laughs> go buy an Eero. Okay. Okay. That one I can vouch for. Okay. In a I'm shocked that you said that. <laughs> But people should be doing this because people are really just frustrated with their, I mean, I literally had my kids yell at me six times last week about their internet access. Like, oh, it's slow mom. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the idea of doing anything that takes the services that you're paying a ridiculous amount of money yeah. for to your cable company, aka ISP, yeah. and just being like, you know what, I'm going to go around and do something that improves my life in a way that you're right. not. You're not. <laughs> yeah. Comcast is really nice to me. I don't know why that is. Maybe that because they own the I don't know why that is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Let me think of a couple reasons to get back to you. Now, in any case, um, but it is interesting. They might get, they, they were yelling at me the other day because of the Wi-Fi, and I was thinking, what the hell am I going to do? And then I thought, oh, just stop. Get off your damn screens, kids. That's what I said. We're all yelling. Yeah, summer, go I'm play sure outside. I know, exactly. Yeah. Go, go jump around. Yeah, and then Louie went and found the hidden iPad that he talked about on our podcast a few weeks ago. <laughs> he's coming. So sure, Mom. He wants to come back, then, you know. Well, he's I, he's back. welcome he's to come back, back. any time. <laughs> got some that Louie Swisher. Uh, just very briefly, sp- update on Louie Swisher. He wrote his first letter, a hand letter. I won't say to whom, but someone nice that he likes. Uh, oh, I thought you were going to say it was to Trump. It was no, it wasn't like, a Trump. No. It wasn't an apology note? No, it was a nice letter to a nice person he likes. Anyway, wow. he wrote a letter, but he never had written a letter before. And so he didn't know how to address it. So he had the name in one place, the address in another place, the zip code in another place on the, on the envelope. And I was like, what are you doing? And then I realized he'd never written a handwritten letter or mailed anything. It was just, it was a moment. 
I have a picture of the entire kind of process. Amazing. What a time to be alive. I know. I literally was like, at first I was like, what, are you an idiot? And then I'm like, oh my God, he's never done But he's it. received letters before. So if you receive I letters, know. you see where stuff no, goes. No, not really he hasn't. Oh, you mean like on the letter itself? Self. Like he was where doing the, the address. The letterhead goes. Like where do you the put the, what the, the, is this return address thing? Does he know what a stamp is? He figured that one out. It was it's good. upper right. But then he went to the mailbox. He's like, this is cool. I never did this before. And I was like, oh God. He's like, does this thing open? <laughs> in any case. Louis, you're welcome back anytime. Anytime. We can discuss the letter situation. That would be amazing. All right. In a minute, we're going to take some questions about Wi-Fi from our readers and listeners, and Nick is going to answer them fully in a fulsome style. Uh, but first, we're going to take a quick break from a word from our sponsor, Lauren. Kaching. Thank you. Today's show is brought to you by TransferWise. Do you ever have to send money internationally? If you do, you know it's expensive and time-consuming, and the exchange rate you get from your bank or provider can be terrible. Next time you have to make an international money transfer, you should use TransferWise. The exchange rate is incredibly good, so your money goes much further, and you pay only one small upfront fee. Setting up a payment is simple and fast. You know exactly what you'll pay up front, and you get a real exchange rate with no markup. The two friends who founded TransferWise were immigrants from Estonia, and they were sick of getting ripped off when they sent money home. So they came up with a quicker, cheaper, and easier way to transfer money between countries. Then they realized this great idea could be a company. Today, TransferWise lets millions of people and businesses all over the world send money internationally. See how much you can save at TransferWise.com. You can download the app for Android or iOS. Once again, that's TransferWise.com. Transfer, as in I need to transfer money to another country. Wise as in I'm going to do it the wise way. Transferwise.com. In the information age, data is the new oil, which is why Amazon Web Services built Amazon Kinesis, a powerful new way to collect, process, and analyze streaming data so you can get timely insights and react quickly. Websites, mobile apps, IoT sensors, and the like can generate a huge amount of streaming data, sometimes terabytes an hour. If processed continually, all that data can help you learn about what your customers, products, and applications are doing right now and take actions in real time. Amazon Kinesis from AWS lets you do that easily for less. With Kinesis, you pay only for the resources you use. No minimums, no upfront commitments. Learn more at kinesis.aws. We're back with Eero CEO Nick Weaver. And now we're going to take some questions about Wi-Fi from our readers and listeners. Lauren, want to read the first question? I would love to because it is such a good to embarrassed question. This is from Aaron Cohen at Cohen Comms on Twitter. Why does one need a mesh network and what is it? Hashtag too embarrassed. We kind of already answered this in the beginning, but let's let's go over it again quickly. Let's go over it again. Very briefly. So, so the key with these Wi-Fi systems is you want to have as many devices in the home broadcasting the internet as possible. You know, Wi-Fi is a radio wave, like light and sound. So the further you get away from the source, the, the more degraded the signal is. Um, so if you want fast speeds, you got to be closer to the device that's broadcasting. So yeah. that's the point of a Wi-Fi system. And, you know, the reason you'd want it is you want coverage everywhere. And also because people are using more videos. My kids use so much video, you know, just like tons and tons all on their phones usually, which is interesting. Is it worth a D-Rock, Devin Lindenhoff? Not to be confused with the rock Although if The Don't Rock speak. ever wrote it, I'd be so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I'm trying to get The Rock for code next year. Oh my goodness. I mean, Dwayne. Dwayne. You I know, he him. tweets back at the Verge people sometimes and it like makes my day. I love him so 
I have to we're, tell you're you. gonna have to we're gonna have to fight over him no i don't think so i feel not that'll be my man okay is it worth buying into mesh networks now or is it better to wait to 802.11 ad becomes norman devices explain 802. i'm so sick of 802.11 but just explain <laughs> what ad is Go ahead. AD is a new standard. It Why runs, do they do these letters on the end? What is? It's how the IEEE okay. uh, does standards. Okay. So 802.11 AD is is uh, different from Wi-Fi. So okay. AD uh, runs in 60 gigahertz. So the you know for Wi-Fi you've got 2.4 gigahertz and 5 gigahertz. Yeah. Kind of the higher up you go, the the less good the signal is at getting through walls and obstructions. Mm-hmm. So 60 gigs really good for in that room. Um, but it's not good for whole home coverage. So absolutely, if you if you need a system now, you need better coverage now. AD is not going to help. So when so is it coming? Now. When is it coming? TBD. Um, there aren't really any do? devices that support what 802.11 will it AD. Magically do AD. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh-huh. I don't. I don't have an answer for you. Okay. Mm. All okay. right. So, it's like 5G. So okay. DRock, not the Rock. It's okay to buy now and not yeah, wait buy. for that. You know, I think we can both be friends with the Rock. Yeah, I think not. When I do I get to weigh in on that? You can, Would you like to be you friends can buy with an the expensive Rock? Absolutely. Ticket. I mean, you can buy is? an expensive ticket to code and then come see. I'm getting The Rock. Go ahead. <laughs> Next question is also not from The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No no question on this program is from The Rock <laughs> this week, but perhaps in the future. Okay. Dan Perry at NASA Dan. Um, I think he might for nasa perhaps or likes nasa that's mm-hmm. fine how does one go about replacing their crappy isp provided router with a mesh easy to do with say the uverse dsl weird router thing i, I love this question so uverse is at&t isp of course is internet service provider i was just ranting about isps earlier he yeah. wants to know how we talked about this but, how, but let's go over it again how to replace your crappy router that your cable company gives you with so you rip it out solution you unplug it and then what you buy yourself a router. So with the Uverse one, I know this well. My okay. in-laws have Uverse, and I have personally set up Eero in their house. Mm-hmm. So they must what, like you. Yeah, uh, we'll they see. They must be like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. She married him. Yeah, so, so what you end up doing with the with the Uverse stuff? Just pl- plug, uh, you know, say your first Eero in or whatever system you choose to buy. Um, plug the Ethernet cord in the back of the Uverse box, and then you're ready to go. And you, but you have to keep hmm. their weird router thing. With with Uverse, I believe you got to keep their box. Their weird okay. box. Um, you can then log into the Uverse box and like turn off their Wi-Fi and all that stuff. Um, if you need help doing that, oh uh, we've got a support team that walks people through it. Um, there, you can also just Google it, and there's usually kind of a walkthrough everywhere. Can I ask you a completely dumb question? Why are those boxes so freaking ugly? The new ones are real ugly. The big pylon or hmm. whatever. Why just, are they? It wasn't a core part of the product design experience. Like, right. That was not something that was valued. Yeah, because they're real ugly. They're hard to. You ever hide. seen those ones that look like a spider? No, I don't like any of them. All Fourteen right. antennas. <laughs> Actually walks around your house when you're sleeping. Our Verge readers like love (laughs) those things. Don't scare our readers. Creepy (laughs) idea of your router killing you. (laughs) It's such a horror film nobody would go to. All right, uh, Matthew Pinzer, is there a way to use an extender without having two different network names? Oh, that that does drive me crazy. Been told that giving uh, extender the same name will create problems. Does it? That's a good point. That's exactly why we created um, the Euro system. Is it when just you have replaces the name. Yeah, it replaces the extenders. So the problem with extenders is um, they're running different software than yes. your main network, and then you end up having all these different names. There's no roaming. It no. just doesn't work. So yes. that's why we created this product. So it just steals the name. So you don't can have the same name as your old one did. Yes. Right. What's your hmm. favorite name? 
I'll have to think about that. Can we'll I come tell back you, on Twitter. I'll tell you one very quick story. In the neighborhood, and I'm not going to tell you what executive is this, but there's a very disliked executive in Palo Alto. This particular executive, the, all the neighbors have named their routers I hate and then the person's <gasps> name. And, <laughs> you know, fuck this person's name and this person's a bad neighbor. It's <laughs> Because you can see it when it pop when you're in the neighborhood. I have some pretty entertaining ones around uh, me. Yeah, I know, but like it's really. I I keep wanting to write a story about it, but I just get. I don't know. It's so good. They just these neighbors hate this person so much. So you just uh, grab your iPhone and screenshot the Wi-Fi I settings. I th- keep thinking about writing a story about it, and then everyone's like, "It's too mean." But they're real. The neighbors are real mean. Like you can tell. You can just take a snapshot of the neighborhood by looking at their right. Come on, think of a good name. What's your best? What's your favorite name? The Castro has some dirty ones. They're all dirty, right? Look at you, you're turning red. I've seen Pretty Fly for a Wi-Fi. I like that one. Yeah, that one comes around a lot. Yeah, it comes around pretty good. And also, um, every so often you see one that just says NSA. FBI surveillance man. Oh, that's good. That's interesting. I'm going to call mine Scaramucci. Anyway, go ahead. Next one. How about just Caramucci? Caramucci. (laughs) Oh, it's done. That's gold. Done. Cara1234 if anyone wants to hop on. You can make your guest network mooch. <laughs> the mooch. Uh, this next question is from Dan Seifert from The Verge, oh who God. reviewed your latest Eero not too long ago. He, he had a question. Questions. He said, When will we see more services for the Eero Plus subscription service, and how many customers have signed up for it so far? He said, It seems like the actual business plan for these independent router companies is in subscription services because he wisely points out people only buy yeah. router hardware once or twice a decade. True. They don't upgrade often. So you're in a slow upgrade cycle. You have to sell the subscription service. When are we going to see more services as a part of that subscription? I don't have anything specific to announce now, but I can tell you there's a large part of our team that's continuing to build out. Um, services for Europe. Plus. Could you go to homes and help people set up? Could that be part of your business? Because Enjoy, Iran. We, we do it with Enjoy today. Um, we rolled that out, I think, last week. So far, right. that's that's been working out really well. Or Best Buy. You could do it with the Best Buy. With the Geek Squad, yep. They're they, actually pretty good. They came to my house and did a nice job. And how many customers are paying for a subscription service? A lot more than we thought. Oh, okay. What does that mean? I don't know. What have did a you think? For you. Give me the, the baseline for what you thought would be a healthy Three. amount. One's his mom. What? <laughs> what is it? When we looked at what services were we going to put into Euro Plus? We basically polled a lot of our user base. The top two requested features were network security and parental controls. So, um, you know, the the numbers have been higher than we than, can than you we had thought. Very briefly, talking about what those parental controls do, because I'd like to know. So you can create a profile for y- mm-hmm. your kid. Um, mm-hmm. You can add their devices to it, mm-hmm. and then you can say no more internet after eight p.m. Yeah. or after ten p.m. I see. Um, no internet. Um, you know, basically within a time frame. And can you see who's on your network too? Yeah, and then you can set um, content filtering rules. So you can say no adult content, no explicit content, oh, no nice. violent content, um, and then you get this you know lovely block page if uh, if they try to access. Yeah, that yeah. Of stuff. Verizon, you can do that too. The whatever there's. A thing where you can i always turn my kids phones off just for fun sometimes <laughs> just on my app <laughs> also my neighbor steals my internet all the time i cut him off all the time yeah so so with, with, at least with our stuff bob. You, can, you can see your <laughs> the hell bob 
You can see all the connected devices. So you can just tap in there and say, all right, my neighbor was last on, you know, an hour ago. Yeah. It's also kind of amazing. You forget how many devices you have in your home and then you open something like the Euro app or the Google Wi-Fi app and you're like 42 connected devices like in their their mind. Well, of course, I'm a tech reviewer. Cheap ass neighbors. You got 42. I know. You know what? I think that was actually a number I saw Dan use at some point. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to check. I can't personally say that I'm 42 right now. I bet Casey Newton. I've got like 30. Casey Newton. He lives my, in the house behind yours. I know, but he just grabs my internet. He just does. <laughs> he just does. Anyway. So, so what you could do is you could set up a... Um, Casey Newton page. A, a, a profile <laughs> for Casey, and you could shut off his internet at certain hours and turn on content oh filtering. God, I'm totally going to do that. That's how oh, I'll beat him on stories. Just Not say, like that's a problem. Both filing but, stories. But yeah, who's going to win on that one there? Come <laughs> oh on. God, Sorry, Casey. You're too slow. Too slow, Casey Newton. Anyway, I'm going to do that to Casey. Oh, my God, I'll go crazy. That'll be great. So good. All right. There were so many other pranks I wanted to play on, but that'll work fine. All right. Kayo Tomas. Thank you for the... I'll say you gave me the idea, Nick. Um, all home automations systems are chaos. Why do we need bridges and have so many protocols? What protocols talk amongst each other? Chaos. Chaos. It is chaos. Yeah. A, a lot of these things have all kind of been homegrown. They exhaust me. And, I can't put them on. And, them and on. part of the problem with these bridges and hubs is you know, there hasn't been reliable infrastructure in the home. And so everyone's had to kind of go build their own. Yeah. Um, what we try to do with our new products is, um, in addition to Wi-Fi, we also added Thread. Thread's a low power standard. It's kind of where the industry is headed in terms of low power connectivity. So things for sensors and door locks and lights, it's just going to take a while for it to all come together. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I agree, 100% agree. For years now. Um, it's decade, just been, it's been total madness. Yeah. Because if you look at all the smart home products, not the not the routers themselves, but a lot of the smart home products, whether well, they're smart lights or... They're in a box in or, my house. Um, I can't, I don't have the energy. Motion sensors them. or whatever, it is, like some work on Zigbee, Z-Wave, yeah, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth. There's so many different protocols. And then, and then with, on top of that, the companies are sort of building their software platforms. And some of those software platforms work with each other and some of them don't. No, it all depends on how who's competitive with who very chaos so it gets really confusing and, um, and a lot of them have kind of been cloud to cloud and mm-hmm. that is fine but the internet goes down uh cloud the cloud becomes unavailable and consumers don't care and y- you want things to just kind of like run in the house consumers don't care you're, i mean you're competing against basically a lock that always works as long yeah. as you have a key or a light yeah. switch that works a thousand you know times in a row until the light burns out mm-hmm. yeah so Those automated homes i was in a, one of these internet guys houses and he had like a the um thing to turn on the lights which was the most ridiculous and he was super proud of it and went on and on about it and he's like and then i just couldn't turn on lights and then there was a switch i'm like oh look it works just <laughs> fine like it was astonishing like yeah. how and it was uh, and they had this big closet hidden away full of with the rack and the all that r- stuff. Mm-hmm. like crazy yeah she must plug it all that stuff in, in hmm? high school and college did you yeah did those people annoy you <laughs> some of them yes. i bet I had a guy I had dinner with where he went on. What's what's Cat Seven or Cat? What's the latest cat? The highest cat? Probably Cat Seven. Six or seven. There's Cat Six, Cat Six A or Cat Seven A. Right. Um, yeah, it, yeah. It's going up there. He was into his Cat Six, and I literally was like, "I'm going to take this butter knife." <laughs> 
<laughs> with a butter knife Ooh, anything it was like death. stop talking about your stupid cat six it went on and on and on <laughs> and so then i turned to mossberg and i said i'm moving you're sitting next to this guy he was an advertiser so well shameless nice. plug for too embarrassed to ask but after this podcast if you want to hear more about the smart home we have taped a couple of episodes on this last year we taped one with uh alex hawkinson of smart things asking why is my smart home so dumb, so dumb. and we had dan steefern on a couple times to talk about this as well so go look at those up when you're you. done with this episode they have You're to welcome. build them from the ground up that's why i think it's starting no to wires. happen oh wait no wait wires. let's go to the next question because right. this is actually relevant to this and i loved this oh, question yeah. this is from thurindy and she asked can routers etc be built into building infrastructure like lighting heating so i don't have to think about it every time i move to a new flat so they're from london flat, flat. I don't know. Sounds so much more why elegant why doesn't that happen uh, the people don't think about them when they're building homes or maybe they do now so uh, when you think about like kind of the upgrade cycle, you, you want to upgrade this hardware every two to four years. Mm-hmm. And so when you're when you're building, putting it like, you know, constructing a building from scratch, like when walls. you do lighting and you do cabling, like the lifespan for that is 15, 20, 30 years. Um, and so what you want to do is just kind of decouple those two things. So yeah. it's fine installing internet connectivity. Maybe you mount them in the closet. Um, you have them in a few places strategically around the home. Uh, but you want to make sure it's really easy to swap them out as the technology evolves mm-hmm. and as the, the demands in the, the home increase. What if IKEA built routers and mesh networking systems into its furniture? And then, because IKEA furniture, you, you just throw it out. buy, yeah. you just throw it out. Mm. It doesn't matter. You upgrade it. You're like, I need another mom dresser or whatever it is. Put like but then you it's going to add two hundred bucks to that mall dresser. Also, <laughs> mom. I'm thinking big here, Ned. Yeah. You should go talk to IKEA. Yeah, you're but welcome. But then, like, they could put stuff in it. Like, I'm always worried about them. Everybody. I saw Atomic Blonde this weekend, and they got her with a. They put something in the thing that. She and we all know in. Hollywood is very true to life. Let me just say that was the best movie I ever I saw. I want to see it. It's so good. I want to see it. I read this ass. fantastic article in BuzzFeed over the weekend about how Charlize Theron is like effortlessly cool and uh, she, people call her a bitch because she's a woman no. and she's just a, she's tough. She's, she's a tough my lady. new favorite action hero. Go see Atomic Blonde. But there's a lot of like technology in it. There's a lot of technology mm-hmm. going on. A lot of spying technology. I'm attempting to go on vacation next week. So uh, no, go we'll see Atomic it. Blonde. Go see it. Okay, but really routers and Ikea furniture. There was n- there were lots of routers in this movie. There had to be. Okay. Um, <laughs> they look like spiders. That they used a lot of internet. In they used a lot to spy on each other. They lied, and then they lied about lying, and then they lied about lying about lying, and then there like was an administration, we know. some lady action. It was all, The whole thing was fantastic. The, whole, the entire experience was tech, and Charlie's there and kicking ass. All right. Anshul Kapoor. I am Anshul. Oh, Anshul writes a lot. Has Apple killed Apple Express? That's a good question. Steve Jobs introduced it at one of our All Things Deeds 109 years ago. I use it for Wi-Fi and house music system. What can I use instead compatible with Apple Music? It, mine still works. I've got to tell you, it's, it works just fine. It's, it's all, you know, I plug it in the wall. That was the easiest thing I ever dealt with. Just plug it in the wall, attach it to your Ethernet, and it was great, I have to say. Yeah, I, I, there was a couple reports recently this year that said that product line was being sunsetted. Yeah. Um, I don't think Apple's officially announced anything, right. um, but it certainly hasn't been a, a focus of theirs. No, but the it was a simple years. system. Mm-hmm. It was the first time anyone ever thought, of course, it's Apple, making it easy. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And for, for music today, um, I, I use Sonos at, at my right. house. Um, and, uh, you know, I have a couple of their speakers and also the Sonos Connect to be yeah. able to really easily stream. Yeah, um, Sonos is great. Works with uh, Apple Music, Spotify, mm-hmm. basically Everything. all the all the things. I like but no Sonos. voice control yet. That's all I have to say about that. Really? Is that all you have to say? I doubt that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> I have a Sonos. I never use it. 
I don't use it. I don't know why. I don't like music that much. Anyway. That's because Casey Newman has taken it over <laughs> in her house. <laughs> he just plays oh. techno all day long. Casey like, wants to get back at you if he's oh, on your Wi-Fi. He can if. turn on your Sonos. As if Casey Newman can get back at me in any I like, I like format. Sonos. It's like Charlize Theron, I would kick his ass. Let me just say. <laughs> Okay, let's That's go. All right, last question. I love is that from Casey. <laughs> just so you know. He's, He's a great, great tenant. Anyway. He's great. He's on vacation right now. Don't tell everybody. Jeez. Okay, go ahead. All right. Sorry. He's home right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's safe at home. Don't try to break in. He's there. He's there. Right now. He's manning the Swisher home. All right, go ahead. <laughs> okay, next question. And last question is from Devin Michael Dundee. Dundee. Uh, <laughs> I love that. I'm sure never heard jokes about Crocodile Dundee. No, we never. think of Wi-Fi as the way we get wireless internet, but doesn't it have other capabilities? Yeah. What else is Wi-Fi used for? Yeah, that's a good question. It's a big question there, Nick. I, I think it's less about what's Wi-Fi used for, but what's the, um, the box used for. So right. uh, when you're thinking about this network that's in your home, it's mm-hmm. a great place to deliver software and experiences, mm-hmm. um, and it's that single, you know, um, point of connectivity for all the different devices in your home. So the way we look at this is how do you get as many computers into people's homes? How mm-hmm. do you make sure you can update them and add experiences? Basically, turn it into an operating system, um, and that's ultimately where things are going. You know, you kind of look at look at the home. There are very few devices that every home needs. Um, great connectivity is absolutely one of those things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so rather than building a thermostat or a speaker or um, a light switch, you know, build the device that 100% of homes need and then kind of expand from there. Okay, so you could build a light switch, eh? You could have a light switch. Sure. sure. Um, not No immediate plans to build a light switch. All right, okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure. Well, um, I, I'm we... actually going through the script here, and I'm looking for um, the last question from Dwayne Johnson. Oh, and it's not there. Not but I do have a last question. Actually, yeah. you know, you're talking about in the home, but, I, you know, I, I don't use public networks very often. I, I use my phone. You shouldn't use them ever, Kara. Ever, or VPN in any case. Sometimes you need the Internet mm. somewhere. Okay. Have you been selling these to bigger places, public places, zero devices? And what are the implications of using iPhone? I mean, let's warn people again. People can spy on you. But say you put these in, it would necessarily protect them, possibly. We, we haven't done any big public installations. It's just a really different business model. Mm-hmm. There, what you're selling is professional services. You're mm-hmm. selling the monitoring and the support you when could, the network goes down. you could if you have this great ability. You, you could. Um, what we've been really... Uh, where we've decided to focus is the, the home market's growing so quickly. Mm-hmm. We're just in the early innings of getting into people's homes, so we're going to keep doing that. Now, uh, like but I tra- you're an expert, so public Wi-Fi. Give people some tips around that. I, I travel a lot. Um, I, I just I would suggest using a, a VPN and then mm-hmm. being um, careful about which networks you connect to. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, don't just connect to the open network that you randomly stumbled across. Mm-hmm. Um, go, use one that. Uh, is either like provided by the hotel you're staying in or on the um, uh, airplane or the official like SFO network and then use use VPN software. The other thing you can do is uh, like I just changed my cell plan so I can tether to my iPhone. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm traveling a lot, I just use tethering off of my phone yeah, um, to send a quick um, email so you don't have to deal with turning on a VPN. Mm-hmm. Turning on a VPN. And can you just for, for listeners, when you're on these Wi-Fi's, what are the key keeping yourself clean like if, as if you were lecturing them on sexually transmitted diseases <laughs> what explain in your own home and what, sorry, but no but it's like it's a virus right okay all right so what are the key things in your house for your keeping your your network clean 
Um, biggest is buy products from reputable brands. So mm-hmm. say you want to buy a camera for your home. Um, don't buy the $30 camera that you found a random Amazon listing for. Right. Buy one from a brand that you trust. Okay. Um, that's probably the, the single biggest thing you can do sure. um, is buy devices that are from known companies um, that have a commitment to updating the software and making sure the experience sure. works. Um, that costs more money, um, but it's absolutely worth it. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to buy Stan's camera something. No. Like we steal your <laughs> yeah. cameras. Used, surveillance used camera. um, connected products are also um, can be problematic, so just be careful with you know what you buy on eBay. Uh, you know, a good why example. is that? Why is that? Explain that. Because um, people can put whatever software they, yes. they want on it. Um, I saw that episode of, of whatever. There was a show where that happened. And, and um, I, I think there, there's been a couple articles in the last week or so about Amazon removing listings from um, products, um, some specifically like Android phones that are the lowest price product, um, but they're also sending back information, private information like passwords and mm-hmm. data on the phones back to um, malicious servers. So right. the key, again, buy from um, reputable companies and uh, be willing to spend a little bit more because you know saving the extra 20 bucks is certainly not worth it um, when someone grabs all your banking credentials right. <laughs> or is able to look in that camera and, and, and record everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. And then uh, passwords, same thing with passwords and network names. Use, um, use strong passwords when you can. Make sure your, um, your Wi-Fi network is, uh, your has name. a password. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and that's why we've got the ability to look at all the devices that connect to your network. So um, you should be able to kind of parse through them and say, hey, I don't know these few. And then you can go change your password mm-hmm. um, or block devices that you, don't, um, that you don't know. And then in terms of just like passwords in general, set up two-factor authentication for oh, things yeah. like your email. Mm-hmm. Um, because, password managers uh, and try mm-hmm. to use a password manager. It's yeah. it, it's a little clunky and uh, but again, kind of the cost can be very high if you have an issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Two One factor password. authentication. Maybe everybody, I, Comcast keeps promising me they're going to have it, and they don't. Yeah, it's incredible after this time. But everybody should use it. But they're so nice to you. They're not going to change their entire whatever. They should use it. They're idiots for not using it. There. How do you like that? <laughs> they should. They should offer it for people at least, so they can keep themselves clean. Like I like. Just so you know. All right. Any final words, Nick? Thanks for having me. Fine hero. Besides fine hero. Hey, you said it, not me. Okay. Thanks for having Uh, me. uh, It's no problem. This has been another great episode of Too Embarrassed to Ask. Yes, Nick. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you all enjoyed this week's episode as much as we did, be sure to subscribe to the show and you can leave us a review at iTunes.com slash Too Embarrassed to Ask. But seriously, subscribe. If you do, you'll be the first to listen to new episodes every Friday or catch up on previous episodes where we answer all of the tech questions that our listeners have been too embarrassed to ask. And if you're not on Apple Podcasts, you can also subscribe on Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Or you can listen to every episode at recode.net slash podcasts. And while you're there, you should check out our other podcasts like Recode Decup, Recode Replay, and Recode Media with Peter Kafka. There's also a Verge podcast that you've probably heard of called The Verge Cast, hosted by Neelay Patel. I've also been on it for the past few weeks, promoting my new show, Next Level. Did you take over Mossberg? Are you the owner? Oh, no, I know. They, they, we they, haven't found a Walt yet. Yeah. We need to find a Walt that can, can be on the Control Walt Elite show. That's, oh, right. That's no, true. I don't know. We're I don't not, think they're really replacing a Walt, but only Waltz need apply. <laughs> <laughs> don't.
<laughs> That's what I said. After white. <laughs> and don't forget to tweet your questions ahead of time to at Recode with the hashtag Too Embarrassed or email them to Too Embarrassed at Recode.net. Thank you for listening. And thanks also to Digital Media, the company that distributes this show, including Beth O'Connell and our editor, Chris Basil. And thank you to our producer, Eric Johnson, for dealing with us. We'll be back next week to answer more of the questions you've been too embarrassed to ask. So tune in then. 